to Awakening the Sleeping Giant. I'm your host, John. This podcast is based off of my newest book, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, Church Rediscovered. If you would like to be on the show, you may email me at bethechurch.go at gmail.com. I am looking forward to the show today. Let's get started. All right, guys. So today we are going to be talking about community life. Uh, you know, and I think this is a really important thing to talk about because the church that we find in scripture functioned as a community. And what I mean by that is that the early church did not see like the local church as their community. Uh, they saw their community as the local church. You know, if that if that makes sense at all. Something that I have noticed over time, and I'm just as guilty of this as you know, so many other people, is that as a Christian, you know, we we begin attending a church. Uh, you know, we start by going every Sunday, and then we start getting involved in programs, you know, and this and that, and then we start you know connecting, you know, with people there at the church. But what I find out ends up happening is that we think that this is a community of people that love each other, but in reality, I think we need to ask ourselves: Is it really? Because how many of us? actually spend time with you know, people from our local church body outside of any organized church event? How many of us are actually doing uh, what we are called to do as Christians outside of something organized by the church as an organization? I've recently you know, had a conversation with somebody, uh, they're not a believer, and this is something that they really struggle with, and it's something that I struggle with as well. And so often you go into you know, a local church and it just kind of feels fake. It doesn't feel real because most of the time, those people that are greeting you with big smiles wouldn't act that way in real life towards you. And this is this is a major problem. And, and I think a lot of this revolves around the the simple idea of what is community. What what the local church has done, you know, with the structure that it uses right now, which you know, which my book talks about is much more of a business structure. What what has happened is these local church organizations have actually replaced authentic community with counterfeit community because what it ends up doing is it ends up taking us out of our community that we live in and fellowship in and you know and spend time with people in and it removes us and puts us you know in this building that may or may not be close to our community where we live and it says this is your community now but it doesn't act like a real community as we see in scripture because what we see in scripture you know, specifically in Acts 2, what we see in Scripture is people literally doing life together where they are. They're not going to another town necessarily. They're not leaving their local area to go be community with other people. They're literally doing it right in their backyard. For so many years, I, I believe the church, you know, the traditional church has trained Christians to view their church as the organization, as their community. But then we have to ask ourselves, are we actually functioning like a community that we would see in scripture? 
So when you look at Acts 2, there's some really major defining aspects of a biblical Christian community. One, uh, they were learning from somebody. You know, in biblical times, it was the apostles because they were the ones out starting and planting new churches and, and spreading the word. And so they were committed to a an apostle, a pastor locally that they would, you know, learn from. They would worship together locally, right? They would pray together locally. And here comes, I think, some of the major attributes that we are missing today as a Christian community. They would eat together locally. Uh, they would meet each other's needs locally, right? We, we actually see in scripture people selling off extra property and extra possessions to meet the needs of the community that they're in. I want to challenge you to ask yourself, when was the last time that you have witnessed the Christian community around you care so much about those within the community that they wanted to make sure all of their needs are met and they were actually selling possessions or giving possessions away to meet the needs of the local church body. I find this extremely difficult and honestly disturbing to even think about because I'm not sure I can honestly say I've ever seen this other than one time. I've seen it one time. I mean, that's when we were living in Puerto Rico. We were connected to this church. Um, and one Sunday morning, uh, the pastor got up and said, hey, we're going to do this thing. Uh, he had like a bucket or a box up front. And I just want you know, everybody right now that feels led to take all of the cash out of their wallet and put it in this box. And when we're done, anybody that has a financial need, I want you to come up and take out of this box whatever you need. And it was just absolutely amazing. Literally thousands of dollars was put into this box and needs were literally practically met. And I was so excited because I thought this was going to be something that they did on a regular basis. I was wrong. It was the only time it ever happened. But guys, that's what we are called to do within our community, within our Christian community, is meet the needs of those within our community. We are called to eat together and fellowship with those part of our you know, local Christian community. But how often do we really do that? I'll say, how often do we really do that without some sort of an agenda? I think we might do it. We might see it happen. But I think the agenda typically is to get them involved in our local church organization. You know, maybe they already go to our local church you know, organization, but you know, we want to get them more involved. So then we start connecting with them. It's, it's oftentimes it's not really an authentic connection just for the sake of connection. It seems to be there's always an underlining agenda behind what the Christian church does in North America. And I firmly believe this is because of the model that we are using, the system we are using and the traditional church in North America absolutely demands that. Now, I don't think that people are actually going out into the world intentionally with an agenda. No, I think they are honestly doing what I, let me rephrase it. I think they believe they're doing it for the right reason. I, I earnestly do. I believe most people within the church don't realize what they're doing because we have been connected to a local traditional church 
that has a business model since this country was established for well over 200 years. And we don't know any better. Most people don't know any better. And so I, I want to make a point, like, I'm not I'm not blaming the people at all. I'm not blaming you no know, Christians. I'm I'm a Christian myself, obviously. I love the Lord. I love the church. And, but I do believe that we have unintentionally become something that we call the church that's not the church because we do not know how to live communally together. We do not know how to do that. And so every summer for, let's see, I think, 2017 or 16 or 17 was the first year that I, I volunteered at this camp. And I've been doing it every year since then. And one thing that I began to recognize, you know, at this camp specifically, because it is, it's such a small campus, it was easy to see and just kind of how the campus is set up and designed. What I started to realize and, and the Lord revealed to me is that what takes place at that camp during that week reflects a biblical church more than most churches in America. Because what happens is we come together as a group, as a community of people, we come together and all week long, we commune together with people we know and don't know. Uh, we, we learn from a teacher every day. We worship together every day. Uh, we eat together every day. Uh, we play games together every day. Um, and we meet each other's needs every day. There's not a need among us. Everybody's got food. Everybody's got shelter. Everybody's got entertainment. Everybody's being taught. Everybody has relationships and there is an intentionality of being communal. And it's just absolutely amazing. You know, there was one day where I was just sitting on a chair watching everybody during our free time. And it was one of the most amazing things I've ever witnessed in my life. Because if you just closed your eyes, you could hear, you know, on the sports fields, you could hear, you know, there was a group of people playing volleyball and they were yelling and screaming and ha having a blast, you know. And then up by the cafeteria, there were, you know, smaller groups of people sitting on the swings, just chatting in the water in the background. You can hear the boat going, water splashing, the people laughing, having a blast in the, the worship center. You could hear other people singing and they had worship music going. And, and it was just absolutely amazing. And, and I began to realize that the church longs for that. We so much long for community, but we cannot do it because the structure is built like a business. And unless we change this business structure, the traditional church will never look like true Christian community. It is always going to be counterfeit. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lots of great things that happen within the traditional church setting. People do come to know Jesus, right? Um, great things do happen. But what I talk about in my book, and my wife and I have talked about this so much, is just because something good comes out of it doesn't mean it is what God intended. Because God will do what God does, and he will be who he is. God will take our mistakes and turn those around to bring him glory. So we cannot use fruit as an example of the church functioning properly. Now, the Bible does teach us that we can use fruit in the lives of people individually, right? The Bible teaches us that you know, the fruit you know, will be recognized individually, but we cannot use that from the church perspective because things are going to happen. Things will be 
good. And, and so we have to look at scripture as our gauge for how we should be functioning as the church. And what we see in scripture is the church functioning very much like a community, a community of people who love each other, care for each other, meet each other's needs, worship together and teach each other. And we have got to get back to that because there are too many people out there hurting right now who are part of a church and nobody knows it. There are too many people in need who are part of a church and nobody knows it because there is no real relationships taking place. There is There are no authentic conversations taking place and people are hurting. And this is not okay. And I'll just be vulnerable with everybody. I am sometimes one of those people who are hurting. And you know what? Let's just be honest. The people that are hurting probably aren't going to just come out and say it. You're going to discover they're hurting by being in a relationship with them, by actually caring for them. If somebody is is struggling financially, the probability of them just randomly going to the church or going up to somebody in the church and saying, hey, I am really struggling financially. I need some help. The probability of that taking place is almost zero. But when we build a relationship with each other, because we are functioning like a biblical community, those things will come out. We will know it because we are much more willing to share those types of things with people that we are in true relationship with. I would say looking at my life over the past, you know, 10, 15 years, I can earnestly say that all of my friends, for the most part, that I would consider my friends a part of my community, are people outside of my local church that I've ever been part of. And that should disturb us. And it really should make us question, why is that? How can somebody go to a church and have no real relationships with anybody in that church? I will tell you why. It is because the traditional church in North America is built like a business. And so everything it does, it will do to reach the same outcome a business is meant to reach. And that is more money. Now, that is not the pastor's intention, the elder's intention. I I don't believe it's like, that's what they're in it for. That's why they do it. Again, it is because of the model we are using is designed to make money because it's modeled after a business. And so when you use a model that's designed to make money, the only outcome is that it's going to need to make money and there is no other option. You know, t- take just just one local church, for example. And this is before the doors even open for the most part. They have building expenses, utility expenses. They have staff expenses. uh, They have maintenance expenses. And this is all before the very first message is ever preached. And so they go into it needing money. And so what that does is it changes the motivation of the people in the church especially the leaders of the church, and it changes their motivation to bring people to the church. They're no longer wanting people to come to the church just so they can learn and grow and be a better Christian. They now want people to come so they can give and so they can make sure all their bills are paid. And what that does is it decreases the ability to be a true community because our focus has moved from 
people to money, albeit unintentionally, that is what happens. And that causes significant damage to the Christian witness in the world. And we have got to get better at being a community of people who actually function like the community. I want to challenge you right now, if you are part of a traditional church, I want you to think right now, write it down, right? How many people within your local church do you know that are struggling financially? How many people do you know within your traditional church that are struggling emotionally? How many people do you know within your church that are struggling spiritually? How many people in your church do you know that are struggling relationally? Now I want to ask you this. How many of those people have you reached out to to help? How many of those people have actually come to anybody in the church to ask for help? How about you yourself? Are you in need? Have you brought it to the church? Have you brought it to anybody? Have you brought that up? If so, what was the response? My guess is that it wasn't what we see in scripture. And that that should be disturbing to anybody committed to Jesus. Guys, we have got to do better at being a community of believers. We are too focused on the organization. We are too focused on theology. We are too focused on doing things right that we actually miss what we're supposed to be doing. Now, don't get me wrong. Theology is important. Church structure is important. But if we are missing the point, it's pointless. Theology without action is just information. Guys, we have got to learn to be the church. And I firmly believe we cannot be the church until we awaken the sleeping giant. And that is the church. We need to awaken the church because we can no longer continue down this path thinking we're doing the right thing. I mean, look at this world right now. Look at all of the scum and the disgust disgusting, despicable things that are taking place in television. I I continued watching some of A Million Little Things, and the more I watch it, the more disturbed I get. And and I think I have made the decision now to, to stop watching it because it's just getting more and more and more disturbing. Guys, in this show, they have a 12 year old boy come out as being a homosexual and everybody in his relational group has not only accepted it, but they're encouraging it. Guys, this is sick and it's wrong. And I firmly believe it is because the church is not being the church. We are not loving people the way we need to love people. We are not teaching truth the way we need to be teaching truth. And we're not teaching truth because of the structure, because the structure does not allow truth to be taught in full. The structure, the the bigger the organization gets, the more watered down the truth becomes. 
And that's by nature of the structure because it can only exist with the same amount of people for so long underneath the structure. And so now they start needing to attract other people. Well, how are they going to do that if they're stagnant and growth wise by preaching the truth? Well, they've got to change what they teach and that's what they do. They got to change what they accept and don't accept. I got a message this morning from a, a good friend of mine. He's actually part of our Thursday night teaching. And he sent me this article about the uh, Catholic Church in England. Let me let me pull up the text just to make sure I'm getting this right here a second. And so it's from uh, CatholicNewsAgency.com. It's the Church of England. So the Church of England, guys, votes to bless same-sex couples. Guys, that is not okay. We have churches blessing what the Bible clearly calls sin. They're, they're not even calling it sin anymore. They're not even addressing it. They're not even, they're not even approaching this like sin. What, what is next? And I believe it is because of the structure, because the structure demands money, the structure demands power, and the structure demands growth in numbers, and the world will not like the truth. So we can't preach the truth if our goal is numbers. Guys, we have to remember that the Bible teaches us that the, the path to righteousness is very narrow, but the path to destruction is very wide and many, many will wander down that road. And not very many people will wander down that path of righteousness because it's narrow and it's hard. But if you are committed to following Jesus, you don't have a choice. Guys, we have to remember that because the world first hated Jesus. They will hate us who preach and share the truth. Because Jesus was persecuted, we will be persecuted. But if we continue utilizing the same structure that we're using now, I promise you that the Christian church in America will no longer exist. And Christians will become the minority in the United States. And that is that is really scary. But at the same time, maybe that's supposed to happen because it is the narrow path. So I'm okay with that. But are you okay with that? Do you want to be on that narrow path or do you want to be on that wide path? Because I'm telling you, the narrow path is going to be hard. The closer we get to the return of Christ, the worse things are going to get. Things are not going to get better on earth. They are going to get increasingly worse. But we as the church have got to stand strong. And the way we stand strong is through biblical community, functioning like a biblical church. And we cannot do that using the structure we are currently using in most traditional churches. Guys, we have got to get rid of that. It is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult because we have been conditioned for so many years that this is what church is, but it's not. Think about it for a second. If you are part of a traditional church, just think for a minute. When was the last time you actually authentic authentically felt like you were part of a true Christian community outside of planned Christian events. I'm going to guess it might might have been a while, if ever. Now, I have been part of that. And it, it was uh, 2012 to 2013. I was, I was part of a group of believers who functioned this way. And it was absolutely amazing. Amazing. But you know what happened? Eventually, People felt the need to congregate like a traditional church, and it went amazing for a little while. But eventually, and it didn't take very long, I want to say it was less than a year, structure took the best of it, the enemy took a hold of it, and with, within less than a year, the entire church and community completely disintegrated. 
And I firmly believe it was because there was that decision to structure themselves like a church that we see in North America. That is devastating, guys. That is heartbreaking. Now, I'm, I'm not saying I am part of one of those communities now. I'm not. I have been. I have been recently, but it's so difficult to get people to stay committed to that because it feels so foreign and so weird. And guys, I long for that. I long for a community of believers who just want to be in community with each other, who are not concerned about what church they go to. They're not concerned about what preacher they listen to. They're not concerned about the church budget. They're not concerned about all of these little things that concern a business, but shouldn't concern the church. I long for that, but we have a long, long way to go. So guys, I just want to encourage you to, I want first of all, I want to encourage you to read my book, Awakening the Sleeping Giant, Church Rediscovered, because that addresses these structural issues that we find in the North American church and compares them to the biblical structure that we see in the New Testament church. So I encourage you to, to order my book. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, I think you can get it from the Best Buy or not Best Buy, uh, Barnes and Noble website, right? Awakening the Sleeping Giant, Church Rediscovered. Um, it is a challenging book to read and it was equally challenging to write, but I encourage you to read that. I encourage you to rethink church. Uh, you can go to, to my website, be the church training. Um, there's some free downloadable training stuff there. You can download, uh, you can actually order my book uh, from the website as well. Um, I'm also doing, uh, some consulting and really teaching the church how to be the church outside of the traditional setting and what that looks like. How do we actually be a Christian community together? I hope this all made sense to you. I hope you are inspired. I hope you're motivated. I hope you are encouraged to go out and be the community that we have been called to be so we can radically, radically impact the world for Jesus Christ. All right. Well, that is it for the show today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, you can email me anytime at bethechurch.go at gmail.com. If you are interested in some of our training material, you may go to www.bethechurch.training. Yeah.